the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Yeah, I got an echo too. Uh, for some reason, we're getting quite a bit of echo. I have an echo too. Were we even on the air? We were on the air, but we were echoing. Hmm. Welcome. In other words, you don't have to say. Jacob is Nobody asks ask you what you say. N- no. Because you'll hear it a second time. Oh, here, yeah, that's right. Because we're here the second time. Uh, this is the Bible Live, and we're ready to spend the next hour and a half talking about all things biblical. Uh, this old book that everybody, every every family has one. There's one in every household. And uh, if we could only remember where we put it <laughs> the last time we saw it. Uh, folks, we've got, we got to get back to the old book. That book is uh, the fountainhead of Western civilization. It is our, the, the source book for so, so much of our culture and our society, uh, what, what's left of it as we uh, uh, come into the 21st century here. We've got to get back to this book. Uh, what is it about this book, the Bible, that makes it such a special the, the book, the book. The, the plain master, uh, yeah. Oh, well, you got it, yeah. We, we've got to, I think we have to ask that, ask that, answer that question, Jacob, because. Why? Uh, <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, the, the, why? 
Why, what, who, what, when, where, why? Who, what, when, where, and how, and why? Uh, but the idea is that everything today is being questioned. Every, uh, everything, every basic tradition, every basic thought, everything we always thought. Isn't we that interesting you bring that up? And we didn't even coordinate that. No. We didn't. Yeah, because I was thinking about bringing something up, that but would, I was. That would be against our, our religion, I guess, to coordinate something. that. Well, I, perhaps, uh, yeah. at least on your side of the Bible, yeah. Uh, <laughs> see what he did there, guys? He just, yeah. Anyway, wh what's the deal uh, about this? Well, what I'm saying is I was listening to NPR. Uh huh. And I I go to NPR and all the talk shows. I survey everything, see what's on. There. Sure. And I found, and it was so interesting because they actually had a person on there who was talking about uh, holidays and Christmas and things. And and they actually said, and they said, well, and they mentioned Hanukkah. And they said, well, Hanukkah was actually just this constructed holiday, et cetera, et cetera. It's nowhere mentioned in the Bible. And I thought, what? They have not been listening to this to, show. To the Bible Live. They have not because we demonstrated that last week it That's was right. mentioned in the New Testament. Right. And, and then I noticed something I think it was. that everything like, and I noticed this, and it's probably not just NPR, but it's always everything is negative. You always have to find somebody, well, it's not really that, it's this, it's, it's this not, other yeah. thing. And, and everybody seems to want to be negative and pull things apart. And I'm thinking, I, you know, I, I got so irritated when I was listening to it, I, said, I just wanted to like to ask the reporter who was doing the story. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say, is there anything in the world, anything in America, anything in a human being that you like? Anything. Is there something positive anywhere? Is there anything positive or is there anything at all that you don't question somehow the... The legitimacy of it. Uh, it, it. It is interesting to me. And you know what drives it? You know what I finally have figured out what drives it? It's, it's not overt wickedness necessarily. People uh, who hate God and hate the United States and hate this and hate that. I don't think that's what actually is driving the... the uh, just this this urge to question what what is driving it Sophie? I think it's uh, I think it's I feel like Ed McMahon on Johnny Carson mm -hmm. used to be like oh so yeah. what is it yeah, what is it? yeah. uh what they, he's, they always said his joke standard joke was Oh, he's so cold out there. He said, well, how cold was how it? Cold was it? Yeah. How cold was it? Yeah, what uh so I think it's ratings. Ratings. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of money to be made by oh, yeah, stirring yeah. up conflict sure. and stirring up, you know. Con oh, you know. absolutely. And, and and so if you say, uh, if you say black, I'm going to say white. If you say this, I'm going to say that. Well, I will. To, uh, I think you, I think you may have something there, because I noticed that uh, one time when I had an office downtown, some people came in and I think oh, I told this story before that they wanted to talk about the city housings people in an extraordinarily cold period. Mm -hmm. And they put homeless people on one floor of this big office building and asked me what I thought of it. And I said, well, I guess i got to go somewhere and there's nobody on that floor. What's the issue? And they said, okay, turn it off. i got to go find somebody else that disagrees with it. <laughs> right, exactly. I really do think that. I think that information has now become a, a, a simply a commercial commodity. That's all it is. Information is just, it, it, there's no longer any like genuine sincere May search I for strengthen truth. your proposition? I don't think they're searching for truth or what's, what's actually right mm. or true. No. It's just a matter of we've got to get people to listen to us. Mm. And so the main way to get that nowadays yeah. is to 
to attack the tradition, to mm-hmm. attack uh, standards that we've had, to to bring up uh, controversy. You know, uh-huh. that's, and it's been building over time, and it just keeps getting better. Now, now uh, CNN makes their entire their entire existence is based on. Um, Hatred of Donald Trump. And Did you know CNN's has. ratings? Speaking oh, yeah, of ratings, yeah. that they're not—they're just a little bit above this show. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not—and I'm not joking. The funny thing is, and Donald Trump is the best thing that ever happened. Oh yeah. MSNBC, CNN, many of them. They're because they yeah. got something to talk about now. Yeah. He's the president they love to hate. You know, it's just because he's their—he's their—he's uh, their ticket. I mean, they're, they're, it, what, what ratings they do have, they owe to, to his existence. It, it is really interesting. But back to, away from the, the political aspect of it, but it, it, it's so interesting to me that information, and it's, it's very damaging because, uh, I, I don't know, every generation, every group of young people, every group of teenagers has to question all the values of their parents and has to question all the information and all the wisdom of their parents anyway. So I suppose that's a little bit of human nature. Uh, But now you've got this giant monstrosity supporting that, uh, supporting their rebellion, supporting their questioning and so on, which is not bad. It doesn't bother me that people have questions about Christianity, about the Bible, because there are answers. They make sense. They're convincing. They're satisfying. And uh, it just gives us a chance. Each each generation has to answer those same questions for themselves. But uh, it is so interesting to me where we are in terms of uh, in terms of communication, in terms of dialogue and talking yeah. Yeah. do you know when i think you know what i've never shared this before mm-hmm. but i will share it here right now right tonight now. oh boy this is historic yeah i may uh, actually a long time ago i knew i think i can point to a time when it actually began to change uh-huh. and believe it or not it it came up with uh, George Bush. Oh, you, we were just buried. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Because, yeah. I mean... I know what it was. I know exactly what you're going to say. Boy. Read my lips. No, no new taxes. No. Oh, no. That was not exactly what I was going to say. No. All right. But uh, it was... Yeah, we'll let it pass. Uh, actually, it was when they, Bill Clinton was chosen over a real... You might say a real man, a real hero, and here, a guy, here was a guy with content and substance. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of people agree with some of his politics or not, here's a guy who was sat down, was out in the, in the Pacific Ocean for a long time, but he was like a traditional man with content. Mm-hmm. Loyal, dedication, honor, that kind of stuff. But we chose as a society, uh, flash in the pan, makeup, we chose image over content. And I actually thought to myself when I saw that happen, and I caught it, was on the news. They said, well, that this is the last president that ever served in World War II. Mm-hmm. And I said, this era is over. And I actually was thinking it to myself, and I've never said that to anybody before, but that, that's when I kind of see the difference. I did go to some seminars, and there was a psychiatrist from Alabama there speaking. And he said that up till 1962, the major causes of death of American teenagers were uh, 
negligence or unintentional type things. And Ac accidents. Uh, that sort something of thing. else. But after 1962 is when the transition began to change and the two major causes of American teenagers became intentional things, drinking and driving and suicide. And he gave a big explanation as to why, but he was on a committee. He was a psychiatrist from Alabama. Anyway, it's fascinating. So it all, all that began taking place, but there is something wrong. Well, there's something wrong with image being selected over content now. Anyway, that's all I got to say. But it's what's happening, and the, to some degree, it happens with every generation because uh, younger generation tend to question the values of their parents and ask questions about it and want answers and uh, and maybe even to doubt it in some level. Uh, that's to some degree a little bit natural. But when you have major institutions of the society. Uh, piling on and adding to that and undermining uh, the values of the culture or the, of the parents and so on, then you can you can start kind of building a, mo a movement. And of course, anybody who's lived the last forty or fifty years has noted that it, we knew this was coming. We knew when you start questioning fundamental things like the value of life, you know, and when the Supreme Court single-handedly institutes the idea that it's uh, we're going to solve a problem by killing all of these unborn children as if the killing of an unborn innocent child an, in, an unborn innocent human being is was began to be seen as a solution to a problem I, I mean whoever I mean even on the, on the very surface it just put it out there the saying it bald-faced saying it like I just said Anybody would really no, that can't be right. The killing of an innocent child can't be the solution, uh, but that's what we started doing. And so, uh, as you move away from God, you move away from the truth of God's word, the scriptures that we have, and the, the values that are reflected there and, and espoused there, you're gonna you're gonna see the value of life begin to go down. All kinds of things you'll start seeing in the culture: increased uh, violence. Uh, rebellion and you know, the the home, the institution of the home will be undermined and so on. It, it's uh, we've been watching it a long time, so that's why. Is the there anything started by I said uh, why did we got to get back to that book? Yeah. What is there anything in this principle you've been enunciating mm -hmm. that might occur in the, what we're talking about tonight, finishing the book of Exodus? Can you? Identify anything where people rebelled <clears throat> against people having even something, as the story says, given by God. And while, let's say, Moses was, let's say, on the mountain getting it, there were other people not going along with it, not just questioning, but rebelling and doing all things. Can you think of any story now that I baited the hook? Are we talking about, are we, are we, is there any chance at all that we're talking about when Moses was up on the mountain and people got uh, nervous and he, he'd been up there 40 days and he's not, he's gone, and now we, we've got to have another God. You know, we've, that one's gone now. We, we need to, and Aaron letting them build that golden calf. Is that anything to do with it? I think you may have it. Yes, I think you do have it. Uh, if I if we were still giving prizes, you'd get one. Uh, <laughs> okay, but well, if we ever start giving prizes, I'll take the one the first one. Okay, 
<laughs> okay. All right, here we go. But, okay, now that wasn't particularly in the readings this week, I don't believe. It was in the, it was, uh, no, it is, it is. In, in uh, Exodus chapter 32, you're exactly right. Uh-huh. The gold gold calf is there. The golden calf. Uh, okay, well, yeah, make your... Expound on that. Well, what I'd like to do is, uh, I've said this before, but I guess you and I guess perhaps your family helps us uh, Mm -hmm. write these questions Mm -hmm. down. And and people don't realize how many questions, how much kind of work you put in this. Like tonight you have a possibility of, let's see, 33 plus 8 plus 1. Uh, You have a 30, about over close to 40, 40 Uh some questions Uh to choose from. And then you allow me the confusion of picking. (laughs) And and answering them, yeah. Okay, but there's three questions that really interrelate, and I think that it's hard to discuss them without... Uh, looking at the three. So if you have a copy of your questions. I do. Uh, it's question one, question 19, and question 23. One, you, 19, and 23, okay. One, 19, and 23. You don't have your questions? I do. I've got them right here in my hand. I'm looking for a pen. I want to uh, circle those questions, one, 19, and 23. Yeah, because they do. These They actually do relate uh, all to each other. And I don't know that we can understand... What is really happening without, and it relates to what we talked about at the opening of the show, but I don't think we can understand, unless we understand all three of those questions, on how they interrelate. Exactly. Now, uh, just before we get into those, uh, the details of the questions themselves, what we're looking at here, uh, essentially, remember the big picture is there's this there's this huge people group I say huge two million people or so two or three whatever uh, the, they they've been down in Egypt for f- over four hundred years they become you know, to some degree uh, a nation of slaves now they do have a common heritage in the sense that they know their family uh, background Abraham Isaac and Jacob the twelve tribes of Israel. And the, 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 the uniqueness of their link together is theological. They share, or at least shared in their past, a common understanding of God. And, and when we say that, folks, we don't mean they just had a different religion. Uh, they had a different view of the world. They understood the world and what was happening in the world, they understand it from the point of view that the, the, the true and living God, uh, one God had revealed himself to their uh, ancestors mm-hmm. and that they had this common heritage of faith and trust in one God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and so on. Now, uh, because they live in a world where polytheism is rampant. Everywhere they look, there are in people fact, who believe in In fact, at this time gods. and at other times, the only religion that was monotheistic in the world at times was Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, there's Christianity. Uh, but, but the only one at times in history was, uh, was the Jewish thought. Yeah, and you... You just put your finger on something. I don't know if I want to open this can of worms right here in this discussion. I don't think so. But frankly, I was talking to my family this week. Is that the can of worms you don't open up? You're talking to your family? (laughs) No, 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 not. It was the topic of our conversation. Is this something that's just happened? You've not talked to them recently? No, not very often. We just kind of 
and we bump into each other every now and then. But uh, no, but the, there was the topic of the conversation. I insist, and I think I am absolutely correct. Ultimately, I'm correct. Now, I'm not so stupid as that I don't understand that there is a religion called Christianity and oh. there's a religion called Judaism. Ah, oh. but I, and I understand that, and 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 I know that they become to be perceived as totally different and separate. You know, oh, I don't know if they're but, that different. But to the, uh, frankly, they're not. We. Well, why are you calling honest, me, Frank? In my point of view, to, in my point of view, ultimately, I, I don't think of Christianity. I, look, I know it's a religion. I know there's a system, and I know there, you know, there's uh, these higher, these denominations, and I know that. But when you're just in the field of thought and theology, we are we are just we are we are we become Jews. We bought into the Jewish worldview. We bought into the idea. Well, what do you mean by you bought in? What, what does that mean? What does that, that mean? That's <laughs> what, as a Christian believer, as look, here I am, a little old soapy dollar, a little old Native American person here in America, born right, you know, so on and so on, and I and I'm kind of raised up, and I kind of begin to get my view and my understanding of the world around me, and I. I kind of think, well, there's a creator. Surely there is, because this this world is there's too much order. There's too much, you know. It's and so on. But as I as I grow older and I begin to see the the philosophical exist systems that exist, mm -hmm. I realize that 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 Judaism is one worldview, the idea of one one God and the the characteristics, the attributes of that God. And if I look and take this book, the Bible, seriously, and I look at it and think, hmm, I wonder if that's, is this, uh, is this true? Is it accurate? Is it reliable? And then is it supernatural? Did God, in fact, reveal himself and cause a, a record? Yeah, but, his, you know, that, since you're getting into that can of worms, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know, and I hate to say this, but, you know, Sometimes trying to talk about this stuff is like trying to organize earthworms. Oh, I know it. I know it. Because you get uh, 50 of them laid out, and you go back to the beginning, and they're all curled up at the I start. Think I, I, think what I, I, I think what I'm saying is if anyone has the, 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 the well, I, I don't want to say the intelligence because uh, I don't want to no, insult anybody. No, no, we shouldn't say that. That was soapy that said that. Uh, yeah, but, 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 but clearly it, it's true. Jesus... I, even, actually, I, I, even the I Messiah, even we've, the Savior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a Jewish Messiah. He's uh, yeah. we worship the God uh, Jehovah, the God of Abraham. Well, let's Isaac, just talk about. Let's start the at the book, basic. Why, why Jew? Why Jew? Not, why Jew? What? No. Why Jew do that? Why Jew do no. that? Look, Jew. There's no J in Hebrew, okay. so it's a Y. All right. Why but, you? Okay. So what we're saying is, <laughs> you are. Okay, no, Judas, Judas. So it's the idea of Yah. That's the first pronounced syllable. Mm -hmm. So it's a Yah. It actually, it's the first pronounceable syllable. Uh, when people say Jewish, ish is the word for man, mm -hmm. and it, it's Jew or Yah actually. So Yah man. So sounds like uh, something out of the islands, I guess. God but, man. But it's no, no, not that. No, it's not that. But, yeah. but the idea is, is that uh, they actually take the first pronounceable syllable of God's name, mm -hmm. Yud Hey Vav Hey. Mm -hmm. Put that on the word ish, and that's where it comes from. But in English, it comes out Jewish. That's when you're saying Jewish. Ish is the word for man. Mm -hmm. But I should tell you before the, the half an hour goes, 
Uh, oh, the, yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? The, the, it yeah, and we were, yeah. were going to ask some questions, I thought. But let's, I want to tell you something real quick, just to get this thing off on the right foot. Did you know, and I told you this before, that Moses, when he went to talk to Pharaoh, he talked just like Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Do you know why? And, yeah. he, and he stood on his right foot, I suppose. That's what you're no, saying. No, no, no. This is what he said. He said, uh-oh, Phil, you can do anything but stay off of my subdued juice. Okay, see, so you, you know, I should have known that was yeah. coming. I, I, my, I you know, my blue suede shoes. Every year, every year when we come through uh, Genesis and Exodus, you come up with that one. That's, uh, well, that's uh, it's a very good joke. Okay, it, it is. It's a very good one. But anyway, we're going to come back. We're going to get into the book of Exodus. We're going to, who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, and on what ca occasion were they allowed to go? So we're going to ask that question. That's an question number one. Yeah, who was I allowed? And I suggest one nineteen and twenty three to go into the holy of holies. And yeah. nineteen is when the people broke the first two commandments God had given them. The Lord proposed killing everyone and starting the nation over again with with somebody. With whom was God going to start all over again uh, the human race? I find that so interesting and. And that whom, that person didn't like the idea at all, which I found also kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. Which tribe, third question, which tribe responded to Moses' call and was used to punish those who worshipped the gold calf? I heard that this week as we read through it, and I thought, wow, that's interesting what they did. Uh, which tribe was it that earned the right, and they earned God's approval for doing it, and uh, they were used as a tribe to punish those who had worshipped now there's some plan. reason I picked those three and those some three questions yes those are one nineteen and twenty three and the one is about what occasion what single day does the priest go in yeah, uh, and uh -huh. 19 was when the, to, uh, to, uh, the commandments were broke. Well, you, you gave the answer to the question there. But, but uh, who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies? The first place people are going to have, first thing people are going to have to know is, what is the Holy of Holies? And how do you go into it? What, what, are, you, what are we even talking about? And so, well, that's a big question because it's a major theme of the book of Exodus. One of the major things that happens in that book uh, has to do with the Holy of Holies and some kind of a thing you go into. So uh, you can answer those questions. Give us a call. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. The area code is 210 340 9585. We'd love to have you uh, call in, give us an answer, uh, and discuss maybe that, or maybe you have another thought in your mind, another question about uh, about the scriptures in general or about the book of Exodus. You can definitely give us a call. 210 340 9585. Right now, though, don't go away. We'll be right back after just a brief message, brief break. Until the Son of God appeared Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O Israel You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. We have the witness of God's Spirit in our hearts that we belong to Him. Welcome to today's encouragement from Our Daily Bread. The Lord's is the title of today's reading, and it was written by Arthur Jackson. It doesn't take much to notice that getting inked is very popular these days. Some tattoos are so small that one barely notices them. Others, from athletes to actors to everyday people, have opted to cover much of their bodies with multicolored inks, words, and designs. The trend seems like it's here to stay, a trend that netted $3 billion in revenue in 2014 and an additional $66 million for tattoo removal. Regardless of how you may feel about tattoos, Isaiah 44 speaks metaphorically about people writing something on their hands. The Lord's. This self-tattoo is the climax of an entire paragraph that speaks of the Lord's care for those He had chosen. They could count on his help, and their land and descendants were marked for blessing. Two simple, powerful words, the Lord's, affirmed that God's people knew they were his possession and that he would take care of them. Those who come to God through faith in Jesus Christ can confidently say of themselves, the Lord's, we are his people, his sheep, his offspring, his inheritance, his dwelling. These are the things we cling to in the varied seasons of life. While we may have no external mark or tattoo, we can take heart that we have the witness of God's Spirit in our hearts that we belong to Him. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. If you're looking for a church to call home, start your search with the church directory at am630theword.com. There you'll find hundreds of churches near you. Churches like Agape Christian Church, Trinity Baptist, River City Community Church, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, Freedom Fellowship, Riverview Calvary Chapel, His Life Fellowship, Alamo City Bible Church, and Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. Or make sure your home church is listed so others can find you. It's the church directory at am630theword.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Not all endings are happy, no matter how we might wish otherwise. That's doubly true when you know that you're the reason that someone you care for is unhappy, which is pretty much the whole story in Happier, a collaboration between American producer Marshmello and the British synth-pop duo Bastille. This upbeat synth-driven song starts out sounding pretty sunny, but eventually we learn that the relationship at the song's core is coming to an end. And if the couple in question is married, the ending isn't just sad, it's tragic. But even in the best of cases, this tune is definitely bittersweet. For a full review, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Families Plugged In. 
find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. Take the world with its glitter, without love, cold and bitter. I'll follow the one who's God's only son, walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Gone away is the old strife, here to stay is a new life. We sing and we smile, mile after mile, walking with my Jesus hand in hand. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And sorrow, living for the things that pass away. Now I find bright hope for each tomorrow. Jesus came and changed the night today. In my heart, there's a new song I can sing all the day long. Through sunshine or rain, He's always the same. Walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Sophie, anybody would like to buy that song, if you order tonight, you'll also receive the combination hearing aid Vegematic. The Swiss Army knife that goes right along with it. Why do you step on my funny line? (laughs) I know. You got got something good going on there, didn't you? Well, that is, uh, this is that time of the year when I play from time to time. John was kind enough to put it in our rotation tonight, our bumper rotation. The, these, bumper, uh, bumper rotation? Yeah, these baptized Christmas songs. You know, we take a winter wonderland and somebody some years ago, it wasn't me, I wish I could take credit for it, but they wrote some uh, very nice little Christ-centered, yeah, God-honoring lyrics to these uh, secular Christmas songs. We've got about four or five of them, and uh, this is that time of the year when we like to drag them out and let everybody enjoy them. And um, sometimes people, if you'd like to email me, uh, uh, soapy at thebiblelive.com, soapy at thebiblelive.com, not the Bible Listen, I'm, alive. I'm writing that down. Would you say that again? It's not soapy at the, the Bible alive. It's the Bible live like saturday night live you got it if you'd like to email me i i'll be glad to send you the uh those five baptized or converted <laughs> christmas songs or, uh, and you can enjoy them and maybe at your your home christmas parties this year you could uh, drag them out and, and uh, enjoy them they're, they're a lot of fun to sing sing uh especially the version of christ you can put them back to back and sing them both versions and it's a very creative thing so give us a call if you'd like to uh or give me an email if you'd like to get those i'll be glad to send them to you and do we have a phone number tonight we have a phone number tonight it's 210 it's still 210 it was the same number that i gave and you have to go ahead and dial the 210 right 210 is the area code now so i guess uh you know more about that than i do but why do we have to do that now they've split the area into two different area codes and because they're going to do away with am radio <laughs> okay. Is that No. Uh, no, thank you for 
bringing up that that nightmare. Uh, two ten, in other words, three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you'd like to give us a call, and we have some questions out there from the Book of Exodus. We we read this past week in our reading program. And by the way, if you haven't found it and discovered the, the fact that we are back on the air Monday through Friday, reading the Bible on the airwaves again for San Antonio. We did that for about fifteen years, and we took a year or two off, and now we put the reading program back on the air where you can hear the entire Bible, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible, every You year. don't read the entire Bible every night. Every night, yeah. I've no, not every, every night. night. Yeah, every night. It's real fast. So they right? go for the, from <laughs> Genesis to whatever you go yeah, through. Yeah, to Revelation. Yeah. Every, no. no, no, we read a 15 to 20-minute reading every weeknight, Monday through Friday, and the entire Bible every year. So we're now, right now, our schedule on our, and you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and you'll find the reading, uh, the reading schedule, what we're reading on what particular night throughout the next year. And you can find the questions actually are listed there that we're going to be asking each weekend. Uh, these questions come from the readings of this last week. And, this and uh, last what week. Que- we're going to do some questions? Yes. We're actually going to do that? We, we did put them. I read them. I went, just while ago, you were, in the, you were in the room. You were here. Well, I, uh, making faces at me and bringing up all kinds of problems that was not, and difficulties. No, that wasn't and, making a face. Oh, oh, that was just the normal. That was just me. <laughs> That's the one you got, huh? Ooh, is that the best you can do? Yeah. That is the best I can Let's do. Let's get, okay. Anyway, we read Exodus chapters 26 through 40. Uh, in other words, through the end of the book of Exodus. In fact, is we read into the first chapter of Leviticus. We're right on into the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Who named it the book of Exodus? That's a question for you, Soapy. Mm, okay, who named it? Yes, who? Uh, Pat Boone, I think, in the movie, in the movie titled Exodus, right? Uh, that's what? not a bad guess. I kind of, I kind of think that was kind of cute. <laughs> All right, uh, it was my but, best uh, shot. But actually, he did write. People don't know this, but the movie Exodus. The, this land is mine. No, not the, no, no. I'm talking about the movie with the real song. Oh, okay. Uh, but the, uh, but it did say that uh, Pat Boone did write the words for that song. I mean, in reality, isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, give him a... Yeah, I think he deserves oh, What's going yeah, on? Yeah, you came up with a truism here. We're uh, discovering the rim shot. We're experimenting with it. And going this land the- is mine. God gave this land to me. There you go. Uh, After a good joke, you always give a rim shot. So oh, that, was that a rim shot? <laughs> and that was a good joke. Well, anyway, so... Um, that was Jim... That, uh, that was Jacob singing, so that's uh, uh, the cantor. Well, let, let's just go ahead and get dig in here. Let's just, you know, uh, in interest of digging in. Okay, who like was a, allowed like, to go into the Holy of Holies? Yes. Okay, in the first place, folks, well, Jacob's going to answer the question now anyway, so I'm going to ask you the question. Uh-oh. What is this Holy of Holies? What is that all about? Uh, that's Kadosh Kadoshim. Kadosh Kadoshim, Okay. That's holy of holies. All right. So you know, there's a, the the tabernacle, the, the temple whole is holy. The tabernacle. That's the theme. And uh, but inside is a little small room where the uh, the ark with the commandments are kept. And in that small room, only one person is allowed to enter. That would be the high priest. And uh, once they decided what a high priest was, <laughs> well, th- see, that's what's happening here. The people of Israel have come out of Egypt 
uh, a little over two million of them, a large population of them, and we have to straighten out the misconception that these are all just Israelites or uh, uh, descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. There were a great number of Egyptians who made the trip. There was a mixed multitude. A mixed multitude. Other nations and people groups. However, slaves. however, when they left Egypt, chapter 12 of Exodus, mm -hmm. they're called the mixed multitude, the Rav. Uh, there's a word for it, but at any rate, uh, don't worry about the Hebrew. But, but after Mount Sinai, they are no longer identified as a mixed multitude. But, they are. But they're considered part of Israel. Mm -hmm. And we know that because when they arrive in the land of Israel, they actually they get part of the land. They are considered part of the tribes, mm -hmm. and they inherit the land equally with the Jews, the 12 tribes. However, um, those people that chose not to did not. But if once at Mount Sinai, when they accepted the Ten Commandments and they got part and they became part of Israel, and when they a convert would join, would become part of Israel, but would become part of the tribe of the guy that brought you into the tribe of Israel. Let me say their identification as Israel was not fundamentally biological. In other words, their identification as Israel was not was not strictly on the basis of that, oh, I'm, I'm related genetically to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, even among the children of, of Jacob, uh, for example, Joseph had two, uh, uh, he had a, uh, uh, an Egyptian wife, right? He did. So, and, and others. Uh, However, other she converted before she had exactly. the kids. Exactly. Now, I, I'm not, I'm talking about ethnically or, or genetically. Uh, uh, but what united them and what we need to see, we're not talking about a genetic or racial or ethnic uh, definition. What united them, what made them Israel was Theological. It was that they they embraced the worship of the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that that was the fundamental uniting factor that God uh, explains to them. He presents Himself to them. He uh, and that they are when they leave Mount. They're under Mount Sinai for about two years. They're camped at the base of Mount Sinai, right? Mm, approximately, yeah. consistent with what? Okay. So they're there. They're being a little nation building is going on. God is teaching them about himself. Mm -hmm. He's teaching them about here's how, who they are. You know, if you're, you're going to be identified because you are the people. Actually, I think even the first commandment, I hate to bring these up because it makes people doubt their Bible, but it's, it's a reality. The first commandment uh, uh, as the Jews understand the Ten Commandments. No, in It's different, right? Well, l let's say, I prefer it's like doing a calendar. Uh -huh. I like to say the biblical calendar. Uh, historically, the biblical commandment is a little different than what we is used in the modern Christian world today. That's true. The first commandment is actually, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Israel. That's, that's considered a commandment. That is that is considered a commandment. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's purified uh, water. Yeah, yeah. The air conditioning uh, the water, is there's pushing a bottle a, flying an across empty water the table. bottle across the table. It uh, looks like so that. okay, so it's a splitting of the waters. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, anyway, but um, so now why? Now I, I actually I do know some of the explanation, but uh, I know we ought to get back to the question. But why mm -hmm. would um, the that be the commandment? Now in 
the Catholic and in the Protestant world, mm -hmm. they do not count that as the first exactly. And I actually read in one. I of guess the the one we count is the first, is the follow up there where it says thou should well you should not worship any other gods. The Protestants take the second commandment divided to two to get ten. Mm -hmm. The Catholics take number ten divided to two to get ten. We can't get around the word that it says there right there's ten. Mm -hmm. Principles is probably better than a commandment, but that's the idea. There's ten. But now what? Why would? If biblically speaking, I will tell you in the original King James, you know that little paragraph sign that's got the two bars going down mm -hmm, and the squiggle mm -hmm, on top? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will tell you in the original King James, they actually had it right because they have that little paragraph sign beginning there at that commandment. So they actually had it right. Now that's gone out, even mm -hmm. out of the King James. Mm -hmm. But um, what's interesting is, is why would it say, I am the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of the house of slavery? Why would he say that? What is that commemorating? As, uh, particularly as, uh, as, not a commandment, but as you say, as a, one of the founding principles. Let's say principle, yeah. But, but why would biblically, and, and indeed the Jews still to this day consider that commandment number one, uh -huh. um, and I did read so one of the Catholics. I did read in the Catholic encyclopedias why they said that we were never slaves in Egypt. So we don't count that. They have good. They have some very fine scholars, and they have reasons for why they've selected certain things, as the Protestants do. But the question is, why would that be considered? Biblically speaking, the first principle, the first, first principle, founding yeah. commandment. Yeah. Yes, I'm the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt, hmm. out of the house of bondage, out of the house of slavery. Why? I don't know. What is it possibly commemorating? I don't know. Yes, you do. Uh, it's possibly. Oh, it's commemorating. Come uh, on, you can do it. Start to the P. I can do it. I can do you it. Can I know. Do it. Uh, Passover. You got it. It's the commemoration of Passover. I want you to remember this Passover. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then, so it's sort of like, this is my side of the deal. Now, here's your side of the deal. We have ourselves a covenant or a contract, you might say. So, and it's a marriage ceremony. Mm -hmm. When I come to the Mount Sinai, uh, it's actually a commandment, but it's a marriage ceremony. Mm -hmm. And you actually have Mount Sinai there, and you have two fires going on. One at the top where God is, and one at the bottom where man is making his own idol. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. If you get the picture in your mind, you got the Mount Sinai, and you got a fire at the top, fire at the bottom. And you get to choose which fire you like. Well, I guess the point, the only point I was trying to make is break us away from this uh, idea that this is all genetic and it's just about this uh, particular group of people. It is, and yet it goes deeper than that. It's about theology. It's about who God is. Judaism, Judaism mm -hmm. is truly a religion. It is not a genetic group. Mm -hmm. Judaism, mm -hmm. that is a religion, and that's open. Always has been to anybody who wants to. Who believes in that in that true and living God, in, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, sure. and Jacob. And we have our story example mm -hmm. of them coming out, but once after Mount Sinai, they're no longer there. But we all know that at Mount Sinai, somebody at the, at the fire at the bottom, while Moses is up on the mountain, mm -hmm. 
Somebody made a golden calf. Well, one thing, let me just take to that. Somebody made a golden calf, and I know what you're going to say. Is it, do uh, you? I believe I do. You were wrong last that, time. Uh, I was wrong, but I think I know you better this time. So uh, that I Yeah, we have spent another 25 minutes together. That I think, yeah, that's true. Well, I, I think that the, the, this, this suggestion of a, a, a golden calf and an idol comes from those... I'm going to say it this way, those, those non-believers at the base. See, that's another thing that we always have to understand, that Israel was never 100% in the tank for God. Israel, the, at Mount Sinai, the Bible. At Mount Sinai, they were. They were there was a united moment, yes, but there, there were, had to be. There was a group that, that didn't. Which group is that? Well, I guess you're going to identify them entirely by the, the, the group, the foreigners among them. The foreigners? Oh, what are you foreigner? What are you they doing? Weren't of the, they weren't of the uh, uh, genetic no, that's not. that is not how I'm going to identify them. Oh, they were the Egyptians and the, and the other nation Actually, groups. Actually, uh, uh, it does say, and I know what you're driving at, mm -hmm. though. Uh, and so to make you correct, I'll change my answer and Thank dovetail. You. I appreciate them. that very so, much. I like. But to be what correct. it's saying is, they're saying, "Here, O Israel, is your God." Uh -huh. So it's not me; it's them pointing out to Israel, "You guys are different. That's uh -huh. your God." Uh -huh. So that was the visitors that were not partake, partaking of that particular religious point of view, uh -huh. or God speaking top. Now that is, does seem odd. But they're saying, "So here, Israel is your God." Mm -hmm. So it's somebody else other than. Israel, other than the Jews. So is that why God said, mm -hmm. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Israel? No. To distinguish it from some made-up God? The God the, they were attributing that to the, this The idea calf. of Judaism is the idea that God gives freedom to all human beings. And I gave you your freedom. Men make you slaves. If you follow men, they make up their own laws, and they will enslave you. But I gave you freedom. I brought you out of Egypt. That's right. I brought you out of and bondage. And Egypt, actually, is Mitzrayim in Hebrew, which means the boundaries are limitations. And what does it mean? Limitations are boundaries of, of what? Sin. Of, of sin, sin yeah. yeah. So anyway, so what we got here is, so now they come down. We know Moses comes down. He mm -hmm. breaks the tablets, right? Right. He finds, he sees that fire and that golden calf. And he gets, he is terribly disturbed. Now we're, we're actually, throws the uh, tablets ahead. down the ground. So we're going to come back to question number one. Because uh -huh. I can't answer question number one without understanding your question 19. Mm -hmm. So he comes down and he breaks these commandments on the golden calf, right? These tablets, yeah. Uh, yes, the tablets, yes. And so he comes down and he breaks them on the golden calf. And we all know what happens. And then they grind up the calf, and everybody has to drink a little bit, and you recognize that ceremony as the adultery ceremony that for a man and woman. Isn't that interesting? I've never made that connection, but okay, good. Well, I didn't make it either. It's the sages from the ages mm -hmm. who brought that up. Mm -hmm. It's the same ceremony of adultery. Idolatry, adultery. Mm -hmm. so, so what's happening is, so then, but now we have a problem. The commandments were given. Moses comes down, and he says, "Hey, you guys are doing and they're this." They're already broken, and he he broke them. And so we've already oh, wait, gone to wait, step wait, two, and we hadn't even gotten step slow one in there it yet. Down. Yeah. yeah. What was the sin? I'm not really holding the other folks accountable. 
um, uh, that uh, that wanted to make the golden calf because mm -hmm. that's all they knew. Mm -hmm. That was their religion. Mm -hmm. That's what they were mm -hmm. taught. Mm -hmm. So they were doing what they were taught, their religion, their belief. You need a God? Well, sure. put one so together that, here. So they did. So they can't really be held accountable for doing wrong. And we're going to know for sure they're not held accountable by the, when we get to question 23, the last question. Okay. But let's go, let's slow down a little bit. So he comes down, he breaks the, the commandments on him. Well, obviously... Uh, was is somebody said here, O Israel, is your God? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a golden calf. So exactly, who was suggesting it? Was not the Jews. It was the other, mm -hmm. let's say, Egyptians or whoever. Mm -hmm. And if you ever watched the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, by the way, the G stands for Goldstein. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, he, if you watch that, they actually have it in the movie. They're saying, oh, let's make this God. We'll do our own God because we can do this and we can return to Egypt, that kind of stuff. So what's going on is he comes down, he breaks them. Now we got a problem. Are the people that were saying to Israel, make this calf. This is your God. This will be mm -hmm. your God. Mm -hmm. What they were perpetuating was the idea that Moses was more than just a man. They were saying, look, you've got to have Moses. Moses is your God. And if you go, and now that he's gone away. Yeah, we, now you've got no God, so we'll we make you a new God. One, yeah. Now, we all know from close reading of the Bible, Moses was a man. He was not God. Mm -hmm. And so when he, when he comes down, he breaks the commandments on the golden calf. And as I say, they grind it up, and they do the mm -hmm. idolatry ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so, now here's something interesting. Were, because in going to your question 23, mm -hmm. uh, do you want to read which that Which tribe responded to Moses' call and, which, and was used to punish those who worshipped the gold calf? Uh, now, the word punish is a little... Strong for okay. my taste. Okay. But uh, for the purpose of the question, I'll live with it. Okay, now, so you said, what tribe? Well, let, let's, well let's, tell them what happened. Sure. Moses said, so they come down. You've done this, so. And, but who suggested, who suggested that they replace Moses? Because if you look in chapter 32 of Exodus. It actually says, Moses comes down and says there, and what'd you do? And he says, well, you know, these people, you know, they're pretty persuasive, but dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. So, and so somebody convinced them. So what was the sin of Israel? Going along with Going what they suggested. Yeah. It was synchronitism. Mm -hmm. So, and, and may I say, in all candor, the way throughout history, there's always been a desire to either kill the Jews, eliminate them, or convert them. Which means syncretism is, in other words, uh, let's modify a little bit your belief, your faith, your belief, your. Right. Uh, let's modify so, it so, we, so it you know, fits we, in. We can the, have yeah. a religion that's made up of uh, all different religions, mm -hmm. Islam, whatever. But the, so they're saying, well, let's just blend this all together. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, blending, that's another uh, good word for syncretism. Okay, yeah. so what we're doing is. Is that we and and that was the sin of the Jews and Aaron going along with it, yeah. going along, being cooperative instead of saying, "No, no, I'm sorry, I cannot blend that religious theology in with mine. I just mm -hmm. cannot do it." Mm -hmm. Now, but then afterwards, uh, we have a problem. Now, I love Aaron's explanation. 
these people said this, and just and so I so I brought got the gold and we put it in there, and out popped this altar. Out popped the calves. Sure. Yeah. So it's what's interesting. So there's no doubt about it that. Uh, and they actually say in chapter 32, the most illustrative and enlightening sons, they said, here is your God, O Israel, because for this man, Moses, we do not know what happened to him. It was never intended to replace what you and I would call the God mm-hmm. in the story. It was intended to replace Moses. So they were convinced him, hey, you know, he's, Moses was on doing all these miracles and the, all these things over there. So it must be Moses that you got, and he's gone. So let's make this new God this golden calf. Well, Moses comes back. He catches him in the act. He breaks the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. uh, the tablets, rather. Mm-hmm. And so, he, and now we got us a problem. And you, and if we look at your question 23, mm-hmm. and that's, that occurs in chapter Yeah, now we're going to see what is God going to do about that situation. So Moses comes back, and he says, oh, we got us a real problem. Now he draws basically a line in the dirt. And he says, everybody wants to stay at the Alamo. No. He says, everybody, that, uh, everybody that's on God's side crossed over here. Well, some did not. Now, and the tribe, and we'll just, let's just say, because we're getting short on time, we'll say, the tribe of Levi, Levi, mm-hmm. the Levites, they drew their swords. Led by, Ab- by Moses' brother Aaron. Aaron. And uh, and his family, of course, they were the priests. Mm-hmm. There was the tribal Levite. Oh. The, the Aaron's descendants are the priests. Mm-hmm. Hang on, but we're going to get this answer when we get back, assuming we get back. We're going to get this. Uh, if there's one answer, for sure. Well, folks, there you have it. Our second uh, segment is gone. We're talking about a major development, a major event in the book of Exodus uh, was the giving of the Ten Commandments. You've got Moses. You've got this major and mistake. I, and I promise you there'll be something that nobody catches, and we're going to clear it up right after yeah, this. This break. major mistake with the, the gold calf. And then we're going to talk about this thing called the tabernacle. We're I gonna, shouldn't say nobody catches. A lot of people yeah, catch. Well, we'll see. But anyway, we're going to do all of that when we get back. So don't go away. We'll we'll be right here after this brief pause. Got any thoughts or questions about tonight's Bible Live? You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
is so, so nice. You know, we're coming back for our final segment. With the, the evening is getting away from us, Jacob. Well, that's, that, that's only because we're not focused. Yeah, I know. We, uh, it's my fault. Well... I, Soapy, <laughs> I respect you so much, I do not want to disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Let's okay. get focused right. here. Let's right. get, get... Whoa, what are you doing, John? All right. John turned up my okay, earphones. Okay, go for it. Let's not worry about John. Just get back to... I was going. worried about my ears. You, you, uh, well... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah, anyway, so what happens is... Pales. Now, let's go, let's go back and look at it. And okay. you said, uh, what tribe? It was the tribe of Levite. Mm -hmm. okay. And Moses drew a line. He okay. says, all those for God, come on this side. Now, there were some that did not. Mm -hmm. Now, let us recall the importance of who said to Israel, here is your God, O Israel, because we do not know what happened to this man, Moses. Mm -hmm. So that would be what we might call the mixed multitude. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. Now, when the Levites drew their swords, because after Moses gave them a chance to repent and get back on, on board, cross the line. Um, Sounds some, like the Alamo a little bit, huh? It is. And uh, I always suspected that's where the guy got the idea. But mm -hmm. anyway, so the point is, is, now when that happened, obviously, obviously, some of the so-called mixed multitude also crossed the line, too. Mm -hmm. They didn't all just stay on the other side, mm -hmm. right? Now, actually, this is very, very... Cross the line meaning I'm with God. With God, mm -hmm. yes. Huh? Now, this is very interesting. Now, who got killed by the Levites? Uh, people of the mixed multitude and people and. Uh, and some of the Jews that went along with them, evidently, right? Well, let me clarify. Okay? Yeah, sure. Uh, not one of the mixed multitude got killed. Okay. Ah, it's, that's interesting. It's interesting. Actually, who actually got killed was only Jews. But, and get this. It is exactly mathematically, the numbers given in the book of Exodus, is exactly... One half of one percent. Mm -hmm. So we know exactly how many died that day. But those that could have, they could have crossed the line and gone back to God. But they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're pretty good with this golden calf idea here. Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, what happened is, is the one half of one percent, but not one of the mixed multitude. Now, why would that be if they are the ones that said, here's your God. You got it, it all started. I don't know. Well, here is an interesting idea. What They didn't know any better. They came out of Israel. They were raised with foreign gods and different religious ideas. That's all they knew. They and didn't, they hadn't heard the Ten Commandments because Moses, Moses well, wait, broke wait, the Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's not step into the mouth of the lion right yet. Well, I'm just trying to go along with what you said. Well, they didn't know. Or no, they, they did. Because, because the first commandment of the Ten is... No, no, no. Um, they heard God speak, and then oh, Moses oh. brought down the commandments. Oh, I was just okay, trying okay. to save you there, right, so right, 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 right. I just it. didn't want you to look anyway. All right. Yeah. Uh, but so, because uh, he brought down, he broke them, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, but why? The interesting question is, if they're the ones that said, "Here, O Israel, is your God," because we don't know what happened to that man Moses, because mm -hmm. he's obviously mm -hmm. your God, mm -hmm. and they had been raised in. Egypt, all they knew is that that's the religion, that's what they were taught about God and religions. The gods they're familiar with at this point in their history, the Egyptians, not the Jews, are only familiar with 
harsh, cruel, vindictive gods. Unforgiving. Unforgiving. Now, it becomes very important in the next thing we're going to go to. But why would they not be the ones killed or punished by the Levites or by God, let's say? Because they didn't know any better. And that was the religion they've been taught all their lives. This is how you worship God, and our, your, our concepts of gods are they're very vindictive. They enjoy toying with people. They're unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. And so your needs run short, and you're kind of out of God. You don't have a God to cover this particular area. Right. We'll just create another one. So what happens right? is they, not one of them, but who actually gets killed is one half of one percent of the of the Jews that refuse the cross line back to God. Now, that is fascinating. Now, why would it only be one half of one percent of the Jews? That's because they, sh- they, they had exposure. They had the opportunity. They knew better. But the mixed multitude. But wait a minute. Okay, I get it, and I get that. But you just a while ago told me, mm-hmm. because I said there were no non-believing Jews in the, in the group that came mm-hmm. out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And you said, yeah, they, at that point they were all united. They, they were, were united when God was speaking. And I can prove this. Chapter 19. Okay, uh, I know they all said, that, you know, yeah, we will do that. They, right. they entered the covenant. They made the them. commitment. But here you have some who already had fallen away from that commitment, right? That is. As soon as somebody okay. dangled another religion, a golden calf, you might say, in mm-hmm. front of them, they said, oh, we kind of like that. That's a mm-hmm. good idea. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to Egypt because, you know, it wasn't so bad. We had, the, we had good meals every day. Mm-hmm. So we got killed. So we had to work hard. But we did eat, and everything was okay. So let's go back. Let's return to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Those were the guys. But those, they could have chosen across the They were willing to turn in that se- their, their freedom sure. for that security. Right. And well, we have that same battle going on in our cultures today. Well, right? I was going to go there, but first we must understand what the Bible says. You're the man. So, uh, but here's what's going to happen. So, none of the mixed multitude... And the reason is because that's all they knew. That's what they've been taught ever since their existence, that that's how you worship God. Mm -hmm. This is how you perceive God. At this point, they had no concept of God being a forgiving, loving God. Mm -hmm. But we now have a problem. You mess up and... That was the Egyptians' idea and the Romans and the Greeks and even basically Mm -hmm. Islam, Mm -hmm. I guess. But, um, but But here is the catch. What... Is God going to do? And this takes us back to your question number one. Drum roll. What is God going to do? Uh, so what he does is Moses goes back. He goes up and down, talks to God. Well, he tells him. Moses he's going to kill them all and start all over with him, right? He does. Mm-hmm. And what does Moses say? Oh, God, I don't want that. Please don't. And he prays for the people that... So Moses could have became, could have become the new patriarch. He could have circumvented uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He could have mm-hmm. been the man. Mm-hmm. But Moses was of such stout character mm-hmm. that he would not destroy that teaching from Abraham and, and that tradition. In, and you know what? Notice what he did, Moses did. I know mean, this is a slight little yeah. deviation from oh, what, where you okay. were going. that's okay. I think it's your specialty. But, but right? notice... <laughs> notice... <laughs> <laughs> it's my spiritual gift. Uh, notice what Moses did in his reasoning with God. 
He didn't say it's just because what I don't want to do that or I don't do it. He said, you will be embarrassed. Your name will be, uh, they will think, you brought these people out here just to kill them. And so he, he Go one appealed. step further. You're almost there, but let's take 30 seconds and go ahead and finish that thought. Do you know what, he, he, what's that, what else does he say? He, uh, go for it yourself. God says, I will send an angel with you. And Moses says, oh, no, 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 angels. You're you going. You've got to go with us, yeah. Yeah, we don't accept an angel. Mm -hmm. It's you. But he said, uh, ultimately said, no, the reason he rejected the idea of becoming the new uh, head of the uh, people of Israel and so on, uh, which you would think that would be a great honor to do, but he said, no, no, your name will be embarrassed. If he had said yes, he would have been unworthy to be the leader. Uh, okay, okay. He would have been absolutely unworthy. Okay. In fact, when God say yes. says to Moses, he says, stand aside, Moses and I will wipe him out. Did Moses really have to stand aside for God to wipe him out? Of course not. In other words, Moses did not stand aside. He stood his ground, and he says, No, I am a faithful, loyal leader of the Jews. They can depend on me. I gave my word. I follow what was taught from you from the beginning. And God. if you wipe them out now, make me... The, the, I, for your kingdom's sake, for your name's sake, he says, yeah. you don't... I, I, I understand about the name. I like that. But we're focusing on mm -hmm. Moses. Okay, but I like and that. And he says, okay, it's, it's for your name. Okay. But he says, the truth is, no, I won't. He says, well, you got to wipe me, take me out of your book, too. So anyway, so what's going on is, so now Moses has proves himself to be the kind of leader that the nation of Israel ought to have. Dependable, mm -hmm. honest, and reliable. Okay, but get down to the point okay, where they so, did go through there so and now kill a bunch of So uh, they did Israel. kill him, but everyone that died that day was one half of one percent. Actually gives mm -hmm. us a number so we mathematically mm -hmm. can figure it out. Now we have the dilemma. Everybody's standing there, and if you were the Egyptians, the mixed multitude, whoever, and perhaps even mm -hmm. some Jews are saying, you know, this is sort of like Egypt. It's exactly what it always was. You make a mistake and God yeah. kills you. So yeah. what, where, where, what am I gaining here? Because it's almost like what it was before. But now God introduces something new. A totally new element. And he says, now watch. Called. He goes up. Moses goes up and talks to God a couple times, comes back down, and then he says, now, Moses, they have re after they repented, God forgave them. And, God, and then he issued the second set of commandments with the same commandments. Uh -huh. But he got them again. And that occurs in the biblical day of your question number one. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. That's why Jews keep the Day of Atonement, because that is the day, the anniversary day, of when God forgave and taught that the this... The brand new principle the, involved. Yeah. That God forgives. Okay. If you repent, God forgives. And so that was the idea. And so now that's why it has become the holiday, you might say. I don't want to say holiday. It's holy day. Uh, but that's why. And that's the anniversary and that's when the second set of commandments were. And that's when everybody, especially the mixed multitude, learned this quality of God, this attribute that he forgives if you repent. It, yes, but, 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 but the, I think there's more to Yom Kippur than well, I just think, me. Well, I think you should tell that. There's more. It's not just that God forgives no. and it involves repentance. But the, it wasn't just sort of God kind of sovereignly like the great-grandfather in the sky says, oh, I'm going to forgive you. I'm just going to look over that. No, a price was paid. Atonement was made. There was a, there was a sacrifice made that, that allowed no, God to make. What to sacrifice was that? Forgiven. 
What? Well, I don't know what it would be. Uh, I would trace it all the way to Messiah. The, yeah, but that would but, be that'd be jumping ahead. Uh, true, but it, in God's actually, Jesus, I, it's interesting you say that. Jesus I'm, I'm, was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Well, so. you see, and what we can. Uh, and I want to stay but really historically, die. literarily correct mm -hmm. in what we're reading. I, I know. But because what I find happens with them. people, and when people interject this other sure. theology into it that's not part of the four corners of the page at that moment, uh, it confuses uh, I the understand. listener. But, Jesus, but people did die, so I'm wondering about that. And secondly, in the idea of Yom Kippur, right. when, they, when they do celebrate Yom Kippur or, or uh, observe Yom Kippur, Two uh, goats are killed. Blood is shed. Uh, That's much later. Yeah, right. but, but I, it's the same Yom Kippur. It's the same, but at this moment at Mount Sinai, I don't recall a sacrifice being given. I recall that there was just true repentance. True, I understand that. But I, I'm saying the complete the idea of Yom Kippur, uh, God just didn't kind of willy-nilly say, well, oh, let, 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 let me take say this. If you go along righteous. with me at this point in the story, mm -hmm. the only thing we see sacrificed is people's rebellion. Mm -hmm. So they repent, mm -hmm. and then God forgives. Now, you are right. Later on, they developed this the system of these uh, a couple of goats. Uh, one goes to Satan, one goes to God. That kind of stuff. But doesn't God see Himself say, "Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin"? He does, but He doesn't say that to anybody for two thousand years. No, no. Oh no, that's in the Old Testament. No, it's not. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Is not a quote from the Old Testament? Uh, not the way you're quoting it. No. Okay. Well, let's you look. Go ahead. Okay. Gonna look You're going to look it up. Okay. What I'm trying to say is this, and you are right that those sacrifices do come up. And you're 100% right. They do have the thing at the the tabernacle with the two goats, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, here's what happens. Why does the two goats they're for the na national Israel. That's mm -hmm. for the nation itself, mm -hmm. not for the individual. And so why does one go out into the desert or go over a cliff or whatever they do with it? They draw the lots. That's what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, it is this. It's because it becomes the symbol of choosing to be a spiritual being as opposed to being a animal. In other words, they didn't have the Internet. Now, when they bring an example, they bring a lamb, and they sacrifice a lamb without a blemish. Without a blemish is a sin. Okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, here's what happens. So, Go ahead. No, I didn't try. And uh, so what happens is, I want you to picture this. They don't have... The Internet. So they're bringing a lamb without a blemish. Now, you, you and I are standing back in the crowd, and they're saying, Hey, Soapy, look at that guy. He's bringing a lamb over. What's going on? Mm -hmm. and you say, Well, look, dummy. He's just trying to show us uh, what this means, that you can't go get burned up and go to heaven if you got sin on you. you got to have a lamb without sin. So they're doing an Internet mm -hmm. example without the Internet. And so what happens is, uh, he says, so we bring a lamb without a blemish. The blemish represents a sin. Mm -hmm. So when it gets burnt up, we see the, the aroma of the smoke arising, the smoke from the lamb. But it's not that 
lamb that's getting people to heaven. No, no, no. It's what, what it is, yeah. is it's teaching you that, look, you repented at Mount Sinai. And it was you that repented, and you repented for your rebellion. So we want you to remember that you are presented with a choice. You can choose to be an animal, or you can choose to be a spiritual being, because God's laws I got that. You said that lots of times, and I got it. But I must insist Uh-oh. that there's an insisting going on. For that forgiveness. Ah, uh, okay. And, and it, no, and it I, I'm going to go, I'm going to, Sophie, let me make you feel okay, comfortable. Okay, good. I am going to say that later on, what you're suggesting, it 100% appears. Yeah. Okay. I can't disagree with that. No but way. I'm just saying at this moment, All in right. four corners of this page, that's not true. And I do understand that, too. So, so now so. go ahead and tell us what you want to tell us in the future. Uh, no. But, but, but which I, is our past. Yeah, <laughs> which is our past. Well, the, the, Back the, to the future. There is a Redeemer. There is a Savior. There is a Lamb that was slain. Uh, there truly was an atonement. The penalty of sin was indeed paid. That's the basis by which a holy and just and righteous God can forgive. It's not just not the great Santa Claus or the great grandfather in the sky that's forgiving, but a a a, a work of atonement took place, and that's mm-hmm. of course where the Messiah comes in, and, okay. uh, and Jesus on the cross, and the death, and our you know that, all of that sort of thing. So I'm just saying I'm I'm tra- I'm kind of placing that over even that experience. Theologically, mm-hmm. that would have been the basis upon which any of us are forgiven. Is well, that a pill- may I, may I, yeah, and I'm not demeaning or taking anything away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Mount Sinai mm-hmm. that was given in the year 2448 from sure. creation, sure. 2448. Yeah, the, uh, but in the year what we call we're in night, we're going to say. 2019 right now, 2018. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, just generally speaking. Right. So, about 2018 years ago is when Jesus sure. happened. So, that took place a period afterwards. The reason I'm stressing this so much is mm-hmm. I have learned from talking with people that if I don't say it, stay pristine and say mm-hmm. what's happening just mm-hmm. in literary, mm-hmm. literary in purposes. In this moment, in this time and place. In the four yeah. corners of the page. And I interject it. And I hear people do that. Mm-hmm. And they interject it. They confuse people. They say, oh, no. And, they, and people don't read it will think, oh, well, it must have taken place there. It didn't. It did. T- it may be part of the scheme and the plan. Mm-hmm. But That's all that I meant. Because, okay. y- yes, they, I, ass- I assume, I don't know how much they knew about God's ultimate plan at that time. You know, ultimately, the, what did they know about the Messiah? Did they know about someone who was going to come and destroy the works of Satan? I mean, they had, they had a little bit of a sense, yeah. a hint of it, but well, the, I agree with you. They, didn't, the, know the, the, they didn't understand the full-blown plan. Well, I don't know that we do today. Uh, we know more of it than they did, I suppose. Perhaps, or maybe we know less. We think we do. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but but and but all I know for sure is is that the stories, the old Hebrew, mm-hmm. Hebrew is a very small language. So what it does, it tells stories, and those attributes of those qualities mm-hmm. that we get out of the story. Is what we're supposed to be able to identify about, let's say, a Messiah. Mm-hmm. So if God. So what you're saying here at the base of Mount Sinai is that we know that God is a forgiving God. And what would that? How would that apply to a future Messiah? 
He, too, will have the attribute of the quality of forgiving. Oh, all right, yeah, okay. So we're learning from the stories, attributes, because if a guy shows up and says, hey, I'm the Messiah, you're going to say, well, what's that and how do I know that? Mm-hmm. Well, the stories teach us all these attributes of what the Messiah was. Now, I know that's not a Christian point of view, mm-hmm. but it's an important oh, it's So what's happening is you get all these stories and you learn something. Like Joseph, he forgave. He took his brothers back in. So all those are teaching attributes mm-hmm. or qualities of what we might expect to see so we can write down uh, qualities or attributes. And here we know we learn something about God, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants uh, to be a forgiving guy. So we know that one of the qualities appear to be Good. Uh, okay. that it's going to be a forgiving Messiah. All right. We've only got a few minutes left, so I'm not uh, going to push that any further. I mean, that's a great discussion. Oh, no. Discussion, Why stop now? And, uh, it's a great discussion. Now, really, it is. Uh, that, uh, uh, that, that's why John said, hey, behold, the Lamb of God who takes oh, away the sin of the world. I so, mean, then, and your question number one, uh, what day do the high priest go in? Mm-hmm. He goes in on Yom Kippur. First day of the year? Right. That, no, no, this is not the no, first day no, no, of Passover. No, no. Well, actually, uh, Rosh Hashanah's first day. Rosh, okay. okay. But, so, <laughs> that's the priest that goes in. <laughs> I'm just kind of going off. Now, I'm gonna, I want to tell you something, and I'm going to hurry. But see, then we talk about when he brought down the commandments, your question 19, uh-huh. he broke them. And they had to get him a second time. And then question 23 uh, was the Levites. But who they ended up killing was only one half of 1% of the mm-hmm. Jews. Now, why does the priest, and in Leviticus it tells us They get the, rewarded for doing that. Well, the priest, okay. yes. But the high priest, in your question number one, he goes in on Yom Kippur, or uh-huh, Day uh-huh, of Atonement. Uh-huh. And he's going, what is he sort of symbolically portraying? Moses. Okay. Now, I want you to picture something. You know your picture of the ark, right? Uh-huh. And you got uh, the Ten Commandments, God's laws in there, mm-hmm. right? And you got these two angels on top. You have a question about that. We're not going to get mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have that picture, does that conjure up any picture of anything else in the beginning of the Bible about the path back to God not for salvation, has nothing to do with getting to heaven. But is there any other picture you can conjure up about angels guarding the something to return to God? Oh, the Garden of Eden. Bingo! Yahtzee! And thank you for the Grand Canyon. The, uh, you've got it. So, picture it. What you've got is you've got the symbolism, once again, of the angels are guarding you might say the Garden of Eden. So you've got that symbolism. And he's actually going back, and he's doing it for the nation of Israel. Now, each individual, that's a different thing. But the book of Exodus, and this is an important fact everybody should understand. book of Genesis, while it's first, and Genesis, of course, is a Greek word. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and as is Exodus. But here's the interesting thing. The book of Genesis was given to Moses at the period in Mount Sinai. So the book of Exodus, Moses didn't have the book of Genesis till God taught him the history. Okay, and I should say something in parting. Well, okay, but you could finish it since oh. well, okay, whatever you Well, anyway, so you just got, what you've got is you've got God's teaching from the beginning of the world. So Moses could write it down, the entire book of Genesis, how we got to Mount Sinai. Now, I will say this, that we should all be the kind of person we would like to have for a parent. I like that ending each week. 
Thank you, folks, for joining us. We'll be back here next Sunday evening. Be sure to listen to the Bible, Bible Live, Live Monday through Friday. To helping restore the Bible to our culture, and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 9:30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.